Tony Pope live with hardcore on the scene and in your face. It's like Dante's hell down here. Smoke, fire, impressive heat. As Colombian and Jamaican drug fiends once again transform the streets of LA into a slaughterhouse. Who the hell's in charge down here? The cops? Uh, they're outmanned, outgunned, and incompetent. Mr. Mayor on vacation at your home in Lake Tahoe. Get off your butt, get down here, and declare martial law. Watch your ass, Danny boy. Danny boy. Want some candy? Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. For the first time since our Animal Attack series, we've got Nick and Paul back. Thanks for coming on, you guys. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Hey, there's, there's going back, dudes. That's awesome. Uh, the only difference this time is that three of us are in the same room and we all got to watch the movie together tonight, which was fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, this was this was great, man. This is a, a, a rare treat. And uh, for those listeners that uh, you know maybe haven't listened to those episodes, can you guys Introduce yourselves uh, with with your voices. I'm Nick, uh, Marx's brother. I'm Paul, longtime next door neighbor. Awesome, awesome. Again and again, we've we had a blast, you know, recording with you guys before, and and, and we're happy to have you guys back. Yeah, thanks for being here, you guys. And uh, Nick was on, Nick was on um, the the Predator podcast that we did last year. Paul wasn't there, so I know Nick's seen Predator, but Paul, have you seen the original Predator? No, I haven't seen like. The whole thing. I've definitely seen clips, but I don't think I ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Good for you then that uh, Predator 2 doesn't really uh, continue from the first one. I mean, it sort of does, but not completely. Yeah, for sure. Like, they, they do allude to the original one, right? Like, about halfway through the movie, they talk about, you know, what, like an incident in South America, in a, in a South American jungle, right? Like, like something's happened. Ten years prior, right? Because this takes place ten years after the uh, the Schwarzenegger Predator, uh, and that's about as much of a tie-in as we get, besides the actual creature itself. So, Luke, what's Predator Two about? The Predator returns to Earth, this time to stake a claim on the war-torn streets of a dystopian 1997 LA. The bleak future of 1997, <laughs> which I, I did not remember. I did not remember this at all. Like I, I knew this was a. First of all, I thought this was a 1980s movie. I, 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 I did not think this was a, a 1990 uh, a f- joint, uh, and uh, <laughs> it, I definitely did not remember it portraying like you know 1997 as its far future. So that was kind of a treat going in. It does kind of seem like a weird choice if you're gonna like project something into the future. Like, why would you only go like seven years? Into the future? <laughs> like, it's just kind of a weird. It's like a I don't know. I, I feel like you should maybe just go a little further. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, but hey, they were just gonna try to predict what the '90s would be like, and they pretty much nailed it. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of lot of pants, a lot of guns, <laughs> a lot of gang wars. Yeah. Tons. Everybody's armed, including grandmas. Everyone's super sweaty because it's really hot and global warming's happening. Uh, yeah, welcome to today. And you've got the 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 ever present like shock news anchor Tony Pope, the hardcore report, hardcore, hardcore. Yeah. You know, reporting on everything um, as as uh, we have today's too as well. Yeah, it's- I mean, they're showing mutilated bodies on the news, so I mean, that's not too far off. No. Yeah, he's literally called the Hardcore Special Report, so what do you expect? Well, I didn't want to waste too much time with this one because this one starts quick, it never stops, and by the end, uh, you're pretty satisfied, I would say. But even sweatier. Even sweatier. Even sweatier. I'm sweaty now. Take a shower after watching this movie. Fuck yeah. It's a cocaine-fueled ride this, the whole way through from start to start to end, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, dude. It, it it feels like a movie fueled by cocaine. I don't know how much of it was, but uh, there's cocaine use on screen, and uh, yeah, it, the whole thing just it, the whole thing feels very like late '80s to me. Like it doesn't feel like a '90s movie. 
Yeah. Well, it starts with an extended drug war on the streets of LA. Yeah, no, just no context. Just immediately like a giant <laughs> explosion and then like semi-automatic gunfire. And it's an action scene that goes on for a while. And it's it's the yeah. uh, the Scorpions, which is a, a Colombian drug cartel uh, versus the uh, the Jamaicans. And they're like a voodoo gang. And uh, so they're having a shootout. Are, right, because right, of course they are. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll say it straight off the bat. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and guess that a lot of this stuff is not very, uh, you know, culturally sensitive, especially when it comes to uh, the Jamaican population. Because, man, there's some stereotypical representation of Jamaicans in this movie. And it's 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 I'm going to go ahead and assume it's not, you know, it's it's a little bit problematic from 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 the get go. What what action movie from the late eighties or early nineties was not problematic though? This is true. I don't. I mean, it's it's hard to like watch it now, just in the in the sense of like I was wondering like because it's hard to go back to that time culturally a little bit, even though we like live through it as younger people. Like, um, did the filmmakers like intend for it to kind of be like a caricature? Like like they it's it's such like a B movie in so many ways. Like it's right. super gory. So like. I mean, I almost give them a pass if, like, they, I don't think they were saying, like, oh, this is what it's going to be, like, actually in 97. I mean, it feels like it was kind of like an, an embellished, like, caricature in a way as well. Yeah, I would agree I, I was that. I was kind of just – I was trying to figure out just sort of, like, what the tone of the movie was. Like, at the time they produced it, were they saying, like, this is, like, take it, like, face value sci-fi? Or was it kind of, like, uh, sci-fi with a wink? Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, I was having – a hard time placing like what the intended tone was. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's tough to say. I mean, even after we've just got done watching it, I, I still I don't know what the answer is uh, because it's uh, it, it 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 takes itself pretty fucking seriously. Like there really isn't a joke in the whole movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's it taken at face value. It, it kind of seems to just like you know it it is what it is. And here is what we think these Colombian and, and Jamaican cultures are like. <laughs> Yeah. Jim and John Thomas on the phone right now. They're the screenwriters. They wrote the original one. And they're brothers, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're the same person. I mean, not like black people, like actual brothers. Actual brothers. <laughs> if they're if they were black, they probably would have had a better representation of Jamaicans. Oh yeah. Right. I feel like they'd be a little bit more nuanced than what we get here. Yeah. But you know, whatever. We 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 digress as we often do. Uh, but yeah, it's the Scorpions versus the uh, the Jamaicans, and then the LAPD, which is in this case headed by uh, Lieutenant Harrigan, who is played by Danny Glover. They get involved in the middle of it, and a, a giant, violent, cocaine fueled shootout ensues. Yeah, so Arnold Schwarzenegger is not back for the second one. The character, the woman that he leaves with in the first one, who I can't remember her character name at this point, but she's not back for this one. But you did get the same screenwriters, you got the same composer, different director, and yeah, this is where you meet Harrigan as he uh, does his best Arnold impression, wheeling his car in there and jump behind all the the gangsters and giving a little speech and uh, shooting them all with a shotgun before they run into the building to chase the other ones. Oh yeah. And he's, he's doing his best action hero bit right here, right? Like he's fucking, he's driving a, a car with the door, with the door ripped open and he's like hanging off the side and he's, he's fucking driving right. behind enemy lines while they're shooting at him. So, you know, the SWAT team dudes that are left because a lot of SWAT team dudes get wasted in this action scene can, you know, get behind him and, and, you know, and, and, and fight off these dudes and they end up, uh, I don't remember if it was the Colombians or the Jamaicans, but uh, they end up backing this gang into uh, like a warehouse type uh, type building, right? Yeah, it was the Colombians. Was the Colombians yeah. And that's where okay. the Predator shows up for the first time. Right. Um, but we don't see him yet. It's just, uh, it's you know, it's his uh, act of camouflage. Classic look. Yeah, and it, it's the same as in the original. I mean, I mean, it looks good. It looked good then. It looks... Maybe a little bit better, even you know now, which makes sense. It's it's you know a few years later. And another person that's back is the person that played that was in the Predator costume for the first movie, and that's Kevin Peter Hall, all seven foot two inches of him. It's a big dude, big dude. Uh, and he, he's he's great. Born to play the Predator. I, I think unfortunately his last movie, correct? Yes, before he passed away from AIDS AIDS related pneumonia. 
It says he also played uh, the elder predator, the leader of the predators, at the very end of the film. Oh, nice. Well, that would make sense because because they how many seven foot two dudes are you going to find to play predators? <laughs> yeah. Luke Longley, maybe. maybe <laughs> Former Chicago Bulls center, Luke Longley, He's a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Luke Longley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know we Marcus and I just recently found out he uh, he also played the giant alien in this very obscure uh, horror sci-fi movie called uh, Without Warning. And if you look at the, the trailer for Without Warning, which came out in what, like 1980, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's an earlier one. Yeah. Early 1980s. Uh, he's basically playing a version of the greys, you know, like the gray aliens that, you know, people have been seeing forever, except he's, you know, like seven, eight feet tall and he's uh, running around and throwing these like, death discs at people and um yeah it was like a it was like predator like seven years before predator came out but like super super low budget stay tuned for that one we're gonna watch that one too <laughs> i don't know if you guys are gonna review harry and the hendersons but he he was harry, oh, and harry oh, and the Henderson. oh, you know what that might have been his last movie no that oh, was that 1987 oh that was 1987 yeah. okay that makes sense yep, yep. yeah he was well a, he moves really well like you see these seven yeah. foot do- dudes and a lot of them are like really sort of lanky and uncoordinated, but not him. I was surprised. Like, I mean, I don't know if they did anything with special effects in terms of the movement, but like the movement of the Predator was super fluid yeah. and quick, you know? Agreed. Honestly, like Danny Glover <laughs> moved more like an older man than <laughs> <laughs> Predator. I mean, I, I like Danny Glover personally too, but like I was, I mean, since this was really the first Predator franchise movie I watched like in full. I was impressed with like how fluid, like it's pretty like a pretty like believable. Uh, not really a villain, but just a pretty believable like adversary. Yeah, like, I, it's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially with all the tech um, that he has as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you gotta you gotta attribute that to Kevin Peter Hall, man. Like he just he just moved like you know like just smoothly and and. Uh, just was very coordinated in his movements, and uh, yeah, he, he, he I, I'm gonna give it all up to that guy for that because he was awesome as the predator in the first one, and and then in this one as well. I think you also got to give it up to Stan Winston, who did the predator effects for the second movie as well, or at least his workshop did, right? For creating a makeup that allowed the actor to be able to move in it too. That's got, true. I mean, that had to be super hot, though. Oh, I bet it, had it was. I mean, well, that's why. That's why in the first movie, that's part of the reason why, uh, I don't know, the original person that was going to play the Predator was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. Well, it was too short. Too. But he was, he was too short, but he, they had yeah. him as being super athletic, but it did look different. And he, he like he's like, you fucked up. I fucked out of that movie. He's like, no, this is too hot. I'm not doing this shit. Fuck yeah. you guys. Yeah. Also, you, you, you can't see my face, so I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to 1997, where um, our our police force, led by Harrigan, and he's got his partner Danny, played by Ruben Blades, who's been in a bunch of stuff, and his other partner Leona, uh, played by Maria Conchito Alonso, and then they're going to pick up a new one, aren't they? That's right. Uh, so the, the new member on the team is a guy named Jerry Lambert, and uh, he's played by none other than Bill Paxton, who overacts so much in this movie uh that he becomes the best part of it maybe he's hilarious he is doing his bill paxton best he is he is doing hudson from aliens yeah he's like say it's very compared to that he's like hudson but if like if hudson much like the rest of this movie was on cocaine (laughs) and slathered in like six pounds of hair gel all over (laughs) his body yeah (laughs) absolutely yep everybody's sweaty in this movie but i think he's probably the sweatiest like the first time you see him, he's got like pit stains and he hasn't even done anything. <laughs> we gotta mention this too. Everybody in this movie looks like they are under dripping. Yeah. Dripping. Like just well, mop mop sweat. Yeah. Going back to the like when the, the Colombian cartel makes a break for the you know, for shelter from the cops in the warehouse, like eventually after that when they find their way back to the police precinct. It's just mayhem after that. Everybody's sweaty and 
you kind of kind of builds up some anxiety for a viewer for some reason. I don't know why. Well, and there's also like claustrophobic in that set inside too. Like everybody's on top of each other. Yeah, it's like you know, it's just it's kind of like uncomfortable. It gives you like an uncomfortable like yeah vibe. So agreed. It it feels completely claustrophobic and anxiety inducing. Everyone's sweaty. The whole movie feels like it's under a layer of like Vaseline, and 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 it is. Is it you just feel you feel like it's ninety five degrees in your apartment while you're watching this thing? It, it is, uh, man. It, it's like it's, no one had no one had AC in ninety seven. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it feels I don't know, man. It, they they it's it's got a, a specific feel to it that I, I I remember it as a kid watching this movie. Uh, to this day, which it's man, it just it just feels uncomfortable while you're watching it. A couple characters we didn't talk about yet. Uh, Hard to believe that we've gotten like almost 20 minutes into the show and we haven't mentioned the fact that Gary Busey's in this movie. He Hell plays yeah. uh, Peter Keyes, who's like the head of the government agency that like knows that this thing is an alien from another world and is like sort of and not really succeeding trying to do like a cover up job on the whole thing and not let people know what's going yeah, on. He says he's a DEA agent, but he's working for some other like, you know, special ops in the government. Right, he's the man in black. And then they introduced us to the Colombian gang with that shootout at the beginning, but now we got to get a, uh, introduced to the Jamaican gang as they make their move on a Colombian leader and are, they're going to do sort of like their normal gang stuff. This is where the stereotypical Jamaican stuff comes in, you know, with like the voodoo and the chicken foot dipped in blood. <laughs> and like they've got them hanging from the ceiling, but um, they're not going to be the ones that kill anybody tonight. Oh, no. Sorely mistaken. Right. What's cool about this is that Predator, he's pretty much everywhere. He's just, he's so elusive and he's just, he just, he just wants to kill constantly. Right. And I feel like he's, he's tracking, um, Lieutenant Harrigan for, for the big, you know, for the majority of the, the movie. And when he's not tracking Lieutenant Harrigan, he's tracking the case that he's working, which in this case is the Colombians versus the Jamaicans. And uh, yeah, this is the Jamaicans making a hit on a, one of the Colombian drug lords in one of his penthouses, you know, while uh, he's having some uh, private time with his lady friend. And uh, they go in there, they string him up, you know, uh, feet first, which is uh, very Predator-like. And then, yeah, Predator uh, drops down, and we have a very violent, another very... This movie is so fucking violent, by the way. Holy shit. I, I yeah, totally that's one of the biggest, biggest differences from the first one. And, Paul, I know you were saying that this movie was originally NC-17. Yeah, they had to, like, re-edit it to get it released as R. That's nuts. Which is crazy. still left quite a bit in. It, it is. It's, it's very violent. I, I would love to see... I mean, we know we're never going to get to see it because I, I haven't even heard of anyone talking about the unrated version of Predator 2. I'm sure that doesn't even exist. But, uh, man, the what is on screen is, is very violent. I remember as a kid watching this movie and um, thinking, like, yeah, I, I definitely should not be watching this movie because this is, this is a lot. It is, <laughs> this movie is very, very violent. And this scene is one of the more violent ones where uh, the predator crashes through the ceiling and uh, just dispatches all the Jamaicans in, in all sorts of, of violent ways. It's mostly like hand-to-hand combat, but there is some like stuff that creeps over into horror land. Like when the guy gets trapped by the net and the net starts to like cut into his skin. Right. Right. We, the yeah. predator in predator two, by the way, has some, some new tricks up his sleeves and that, that's one of them. He's also got a staff this time a around. Sweet staff that, that extends longer. He's got a frisbee. Frisbee <laughs> that lights up in cool ways. Yeah. Slices yeah. and dices. The death frisbee. Cool. And then, what was it? The the one that shot. He shot out that uh, that like uh, like not a trident, but like a. This is like a little hook thing. A little hook thing that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. The the uh, um oh uh. It's like the arrowhead, right? That thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. Uh, Danny ends up trying to retrieve after this whole massacre, right? Right. right. That is the last slower bit of this movie. So sure. if you're looking to take a breath, this is the last time you're going to get. It's because Danny's like investigating the scene after 
they've been kicked out of the scene because you know Gary Busey's team is trying to keep everybody out, and he's trying to get that that hook thing, and he dies. The predator catches up with him and uh, kills him and takes yeah. his necklace. That's right. Um, but that's after this, the whole movie is just a series of action set pieces. If you're looking for a break, that's a good time to go take a shower and come back. <laughs> I mean, but what's Make the point? I mean, you're just going to get sweaty, you're just gonna get sweaty again. <laughs> yeah. It's right. like getting out of a cold shower on a hot day with no AC. You just stay sweaty. All right. You get covered in cocaine dust <laughs> coming off of your TV. I mean, you get some yeah, some ancillary scenes of them talking to like uh, I don't even know what her, what she is. She's a doctor that works for the police force, but she's right. like also a biologist slash scientist and like tells him that you know like this shit is not from earth blah 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 elements um, unknown <laughs> but uh luke set up a set up a scene between harrigan when he meets the leader of the jamaican gang king <laughs> willie himself the prince of powder right so yeah, Lieutenant Harrigan is, uh, he's talking to, you know, to Jerry Lambert, who just got done breaking a bunch of that scientist that you were just talking about, uh, beakers and stuff, because he's, you know, a clumsy ass motherfucker. And uh, all of a sudden, this super loud Cadillac pulls up with uh, just, uh, you know, plums of weed smoke coming out the windows, and it stops right in front of, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like Zebra printed too Keep like all the way around and uh yeah. yep and they, they stop right in front of uh lieutenant harrigan's uh you know little posse there and they're like you know <laughs> big willie wants to talk to you and uh, he's like all right so he does he gets in there he gets out of the car and you know fucking again just a plume of smoke coming out of there and he's like you know you guys got to cut back and so he has a meeting yeah. with uh with big willie and uh, big willie Tells him that uh, what he's seeking is not of this world, but he not of this world for Big Willie means like the spirit world, and he he turns him away. You know he throws a, a bunch of like you know like bones, uh, which tells him like the future and and, and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, you know so Lieutenant Harrigan like turn he gets turned away, he gets you know dismissed from the meeting, and that's when the predator comes down and off screen kills Big Willie. And uh, next thing we see is him holding up Big Willie's severed head with his spine uh, hanging down below him. And it's pretty fucking sweet. Like you mentioned before, it's a really gruesome uh, movie that's got that horror vibe. But it's also like it's got the action slash horror. So it's for anybody that really enjoys that kind of stuff is going to get the best of both worlds here. The filming of the alley scene, you know, with uh, with Big Willie. Uh, that we mentioned earlier, uh, it was "quote unquote" extremely troublesome for the filmmakers because of the rough neighborhood. So they they filmed in like you know downtown, like the alleys of downtown LA, right? They didn't use a set for that shit, and the alley was littered apparently with garbage, most of which was used in the film, and plagued with large rats. Uh, "Quote unquote," local residents angered by the noise created by the film crew would throw bottles and paper bags filled with feces from windows at the crew in the alley below. Worst of all, the film crew found a dead body hidden among the garbage. Uh, here's a quote from one of the, 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 the uh, from Shane Mahan. Uh, the most horrible place I've ever had to film uh, was in the alleys of downtown LA. And Predator 2 was shot in a lot of those disgusting alleys. They were dirty and depressing and gross with people peeing on walls, we'd be rigging something, and there'd be rats there. Like, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking wild. You go to work, and you, you find a dead body. That's not a good yeah. death. The, the next big action set piece is the subway scene, and that one feels very horror-like. And it's like, great. It's, it's pretty... It, it is great. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they get attacked on the subway train, and Lampert and um, Leona are on this uh, subway train and when the predator like crashes in through the ceiling and the lights start flickering, that's pretty scary. Well then how they film it is like basically it goes like, like quickly between like black and then sort of flashing, you know, you don't get like continuous, you get like little snapshots of what's happening. It goes, it goes between like a, 
real quick like black screen and then you'll get like a, a lighted up flash of like somebody being killed and and it has like these like sort of a electricity sort of like effect around everything so it's like the way yeah the way it was filmed was actually pretty pretty creative i think to to sort of create a, like a, a jarring you're not quite sure exactly what's happening because you can't see everything so clearly and it's almost like things are in stop time um so i thought that was a cool way to stage that scene for sure yeah this this was great this was amazing i i, I really 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 enjoyed this i remember this was a again as a uh, a little kid too young to have watched this movie which i can't remember exactly when it was but um this left an impression uh this scene you know the, the jamaican uh guys get massacred in the colombian drug lords penthouses scene and then the the end uh definitely are the the, the three big things in this movie that I, I took away from it and and that's kind of how i felt tonight and uh yeah this this subway scene is great. I mean, it, it's intercut like like Paul said. It's it's there's a lot of quick cuts, uh, a lot of strobe like effects. So if there's a strobe sensitive viewer out there that's looking to watch this movie for the first time, be aware. And then it also inter interact or intersects uh, the Predator's heat vision in there too. So there's a lot going on, but it all works. It's very intense. A lot of people get fucked up and killed, uh, and then ultimately. Jerry Lambert, Bill Paxton, uh, also gets Eagle. killed, and uh, and Leona gets Leona gets injured, and then she's not in the movie again. But right, she's still alive because the predator with his heat vision can see that she's pregnant, and so apparently his you know two big rules are nobody that's unarmed and no one pregnant, uh, and also Bill Paxton, and then we've mentioned this before too on the podcast. Uh, he's I think he's the first one to get killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. Uh, so <laughs> nice. Triple crown. The other person that, that has that honor is uh, uh, Lance Hendrickson because yep. he, also, he got killed in Predator 1. He got killed in Aliens. And then he does get killed in Aliens versus Predator. <laughs> so. yeah, he does. <laughs> This is this is all like another thing that happens with the subway scene is this is all like um, the predator sort of toying with Harrigan as well because Luke mentioned you know that like the predator sort of been tracking Harrigan the whole movie and that's also part of the predator stuff as well too because it's all about the sport for them so they're looking for like the biggest baddest thing to take out and he's identified that person as being Harrigan and that's why he's like watching him earlier in the movie and then there's that scene in the cemetery where he taunts him by like putting Danny's necklace in the, in the tree, right. you know, to which Danny Glover freaks out and starts pointing his gun in every direction possible. <laughs> right. And then it, it can, continues in the subway scene because he like, it almost feels like he purposely carries Lampert out of the, out of the train and then like waits for Harrigan to shows up. And he's like, Oh, look, I got your buddy. I'm going to rip his head off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically, man, right? Like he's taunting him, like he's he wants him to come out and 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 fight him one on one. Um, and that's pretty much what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. They have a little, they have a a, a little bit of a showdown, uh, which ends, and then um, and then um, he's still he's and he's still like chasing the predator when he gets sideswiped in his car by the government guys. Well, he he does right. So so after the the ma the subway massacre. The next big uh, set piece in the movie, which which takes you to the end of it, is the uh, the Stoddardhouse district, which we we kind of saw, you know, Keys Peter Keys Gary Busey's character, him and his team are setting up like cameras and 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 you know traps and shit in the Stoddardhouse district because that's where the they've have found out that the predator lives or or hunts the you know most often. And apparently, he comes and he feeds every two days. <laughs> right. some according to these cattle. guys. And this is where you get the tie into the first movie. Gary Busey says, you know, 10 years ago, this thing wiped out, you know, stuff in a fort, in a jungle. There's only two that survived, and this thing's an alien. He's a fucking alien. 10 years ago, one of his kind stalked and eliminated an elite special forces crew in Central America. There were two survivors. They indicated that when trapped, the creature activated a self-destruct device that destroyed enough rainforest to cover 300 city blocks. Remarkable weaponry. That's right, Lieutenant. Other world life forms. Huh? 
A fucking alien. Iwo Jima, Cambodia, Beirut, drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions, the tigers, the bears. Oh my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Great line. <laughs> You're the lion. It's typical Gary Busey stuff. It's like yeah. they didn't even bother writing lines for him. They just told him to talk. He probably improvised that shit anyway. Yeah, I could see just Gary Busey doing like, I'm just going to say whatever I think, you know, fucking was, Peter Keys would say at this point. <laughs> and, and they've got a plan where they're going to wear suits that block out their heat signatures and they've got radioactive dust that's going to stick to the Predator. And they and, set a bunch of UV lights as well. And set a bunch of UV lights. Like the Predator's only got one, like one trick. Just <laughs> like one setting. Predator's like, hold on a second. Let me run through my vision settings until yeah. I see you guys. Yeah, well, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is wasn't in, in the first Predator, like when he just takes off his mask entirely, right? We can see what he sees. Right. And it's, it's different. It's different. And you could see like i'm not saying better but like you can see like different spectrums of light and in this movie when he switches through his like you know little you know hud uh you know vision options he finds one where he can see their flashlights uh or their their their, their beams of light so he knows where they're coming from which means he can deduct where they're coming from so that's where he needs to fucking aim all his violence at i mean that's almost besides the point too because the you know the predators they've always been described as being like you know an apex predator a top of the food chain type of people and would you not assume that in, in addition to the vision that they have that they probably also could smell and hear as well yes yeah. <laughs> they never really touch upon that a lot of that but you got a figure though yeah it's always just the vision. Gary Busey and his team did not think that way, and they get fucked up real bad. Busey gets shot not once but twice because he doesn't die the first time. No. Harrigan tries to break his break his way out of the the van that he's watching from. It's, it's very alien, like this one. Nick was saying that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, he does. He plays the Ripley character. He's like, get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> And then eventually he gets pissed off enough and he runs in after him. And that starts the yeah, whole... Yeah, but not before he like goes to his trunk of his car. Loads, <laughs> he loads he up. like 12 different firearms and straps into his body. That have three different and, attachments and on random, each of them. And some random metal plate he puts on right? his chest. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah this that's is... going to help. Which is the second time he did that in the movie because he did it at the beginning too in that uh, uh, Scorpions versus uh, Jamaican shooter. He also went to the uh, his gun trunk. And he, he got the biggest gun he got. In this one, yeah, like you guys said, he, he fucking gets strapped. And he fucking pulls out like a random piece of metal like he's fucking Clint Eastwood from uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and he fucking puts it down his shirt. And uh, while uh, Keyes' team is getting massacred, it kind of intercuts with uh, Harrigan just getting absolutely kneeled out. And this starts the the final like chase between Harrigan and Predator that ends up on the, on the rooftop. Well, I mean, before they get up there though, he, he like, uh, is getting chased through the hunks of like cow and he sort right. of sets some swinging so that it kind of like gets in Predator's way. And then when he gets to the end of the line, he can like, he turns around as like a really powerful gun and he like shoots him like six times in the chest. That's yeah, right. Knocks, knocks him out. Him down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shows you that the Predator is, is able to be hurt. Right. And I, I also love how, because at this point, Harrigan starts to get the upper hand on the Predator a little bit. And the Predator starts to shed weapons. And it's something that's always driven me nuts in action movies is like, you know, like the our action hero like is fighting the bad guys or whatever. And the bad guys are dropping weapons all over the place. And the, the, the hero never picks him up. In this movie, he does. Harrigan picks he up his, he picks up his his death disc he picks up his he, his spear too right or is am I wrong maybe he doesn't pick up the spear no he does he picks it up yeah, yeah he takes the, it with him the, the spear he just keeps collecting all the predator shit which is great uh, and which is going to come into play yeah he, he comes getting stronger it's like a first person shooter 
uh, a game. You're yeah. like you're you're fighting the bad dudes, and you're just keep you know you keep picking up their weapon, and you keep getting stronger. And that's what uh, Harrigan does. Uh, there's a fucking fantastic scene near the end here where uh, the predator he he knocks them off the roof in this fight, and the predator looks like he's gonna die, and he's like crawl. Well, he you admits know, defeat. Like yeah, the yeah. First movie. Yep. He, yeah. He's he like, does. oh shit happens, and he yep. sets his self destruct bomb on, which was. A much bigger problem in the middle of uh, you know the LA suburbs or wherever this is than it was in the Guatemalan rainforest, right? Because because if you remember, that was like a little you know mini nuke going off, so this is going to kill a whole lot more people. And uh, Harrigan, before the predator can uh, complete his like self destruct sequence, Harrigan cuts off his fucking whole arm with uh, his death disc, his own death disc, which is fucking sweet. And it sends him reeling down this, uh, you know, uh, the side of this building. And he ends up crashing through this um, old lady's wall into her bathroom. <laughs> and it's there's a, like an extended scene, which, uh, man, this, this might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which I did not remember as a kid. This, this was fantastic. He's going to get himself like, some fuck. fucking Predator Oxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that's really good. That's a large room. Though. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Oh, like, man, I hate Tyler. That was fabulous. the best scene of the whole movie. Best scene, <laughs> best scene ever. It's with so the good. Well, the predator is like doing some, you know, repair on himself. He's doing the surgery kit. I think we even saw a little bit of that in the first movie, didn't we? Where he was like taking bullets out of his arm or something. Yeah. Because he's got a little like field med kit with all the tools and he's mixing the, up the blue healing gel. Th- this seems screaming it, screaming his ass off. Oh, he's more involved in this way one. Way more definitely. involved. He's, he's like, he's got like his own like science kit that he fucking brought with him and he's like, he's, yeah. he's melting blue gel uh, in this old lady's sink and he's rubbing it onto his stump that, uh, you know. <laughs> Harrigan fucking cause and he's like screaming in this old lady she's like Harold come in there's here something in the bathroom. <laughs> there's something in here yeah, there's something in here Harold and he's like I'm watching Jeopardy and she's like God damn it Harold so she like she's got this fucking broom and she's gonna go in there and all you hear is like the predator screaming because he's rubbing this blue gel over his wounds <laughs> It's so good. Um, and then, and then, Paul, you said this is your favorite scene in the well, movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a, a scene from the hallway of the apartment where uh, Grandma is approaching with a big broom, and uh, the predator bursts through the door and just is it like kind of waves to her and just like runs out and down the hallway and bursts out of her apartment. Yeah, um, laid his man way out of the other door too. Yeah, and then like Danny Glover jumps through the window in the oh, bathroom yeah. like a couple seconds later. He's like, yeah, don't mind me. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm following what you just saw. So, uh. <laughs> and so Danny Glover Harrigan follows the predator to this elevator shaft where he jumps down it and ends up through a hole in the floor of the shaft and he ends up in the predator's ship. And before we finish up the movie, Luke's got a problem with this ship. <laughs> okay. I know you guys were like, this is fine, but good, fuck off. I mean, honestly, no, it's fine. fine. You, just, you go ahead. Why, you go ahead, why, and then I'll tell you how it's fine. Why is there a predator ship under. Uh, these are like established, uh, not skyscrapers really, but like uh, tenement buildings are built on top of this, this thing. So explain to me how is there a predator ship underneath these tenement buildings? Tell me now. Because, because it was there before LA was there. So, okay, so this Predator is super old then. He's been there for a while, just hanging out while L.A. was built around him on top of his ship. Yes? Yeah, and it's not just him, dude. You see the rest of them at the end of the movie. They were there, too? Yeah, the way I interpreted There's like it, eight I mean, or ten way, of them. The way I interpreted it was like, that. yeah, that was like what Marcus said. There was a ship that probably landed on Earth like in the 1700s or whatever, like long yeah. before like white people built L.A., Okay, and it's been under, and I guess you assume it's just been under there for a couple, de- you know, centuries. And you you do see there's like eight of them or something or nine of them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there's a bunch. I feel like yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch when he, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but like 
yeah, my assumption was it's just, it, which is actually a kind of a cool idea if you take it that way, that like it literally has been under there for a couple centuries. And that's kind of been where they've been hanging out. <laughs> they just like come yeah. back there and they chill. Well, that's they've the fucking man for, cave. Yeah, basically. they've been hunting for hundreds of years. And Luke, if you think about it, Prey fixes this. The movie Prey, the most recent Predator movie. Which, which is set is, in 1719. Which is the great. The same date as that pistol. Yeah, because right. at the end of this movie, the, the, the Lord Predator dude throws the pistol and says, take it. And it's the same one that's in Prey. Right. So that guy's been there since that original Predator killed the dude with the pistol in Prey. Yeah, Raphael Andalini in 1715. So these dudes, these alien dudes... I've been hanging out in this fucking predator ship for like hundreds of years and just been hunting people, the people of LA this entire yeah, time. And who knows? Maybe they come and go because in the first predator, the guy crash lands onto the planet, right? Maybe he was Which coming to saw. the planet anyway. Which we right. saw that. Maybe he was coming to the planet anyway and something happened with the ship and he crashed. But what he was really doing was coming to that other ship. He was, yeah. They were going to like change places. You know, this is like a little vacation hunting trip. His Man. GPS was fucked. Like they got a little <laughs> Earth outpost, you know, like, you know how like, like you know, conservative white guys like to hunt deer and shit, and they got like sure. huts out in Wyoming and Colorado. It's yeah, like right. it's their little cabin. Like, I'm not going to argue with you in that the fact that when they made Predator Two, they didn't think this shit through, right? right. They didn't have any of this in their head. But I am going to argue with you that when they made Prey, they fixed it. Okay, I will say for Luke's for Luke's sake though, it's in this like tunnel shaft like right. open to whoever so they i built that shit around there so themselves. i get it like why why did no one like see it or stumble upon it <laughs> they're Nobody fucking predators man killed them. yeah they, they must have probably killed whoever yeah, stumbled like, upon it like, luke you're oh no nick you're just seed and descent here you're just you're you're i'm just playing devil's advocate <laughs> no no you guys know this is bullshit and it doesn't fucking add up and uh it's okay it's fine it's okay. We can move on. It, this is something that, you know, it's funny. As a kid, I had no problems with. But it wasn't until this viewing when I was like, wait a fucking goddamn minute. Like, there's no you, should, you shouldn't have a problem with it now. No, no, no. I should definitely have a problem with it now. But that's okay. It, I will say it's like the only scene in the whole movie that doesn't feel sweaty. It's it like they, have, they, yeah, have some good, they have some good ventilation down there. It's, it's like, right. like cool it's, down yeah, there. Yeah. I was so, you know. The Predators have been hanging out there for 200 years laughing at those fucking sweaty... I was going to say, if we go by Marcus's fucking stupid theory, then yeah, the fucking Predators have been sitting there for fucking 200 years. They figured out what how AC works. So yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Dude, They do have advanced technology. They built the AC units that we use today. Dude, maybe that's where it came from. It came from <laughs> the Predators. Fact. Little known fact. Look it up. God damn. Thank you, Predators. Because, man, the summers are hot. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn. So Harrigan has chased the, this predator into his ship. And before they have their final showdown, we get to see a trophy wall, Luke. And this trophy wall, as kids, set us off just like how at the end of uh, Friday the 13th Part 9, right. when you get a little Freddy glove, this one did the same thing for us. Right. So before I was able to uh, physically uh, climax as a man... Uh, this was the closest I came as a kid, uh, when I saw this movie, I, I could not believe that, uh, the predator had alien skulls in his little trophy case. And apparently neither did many other people. And everybody was clamoring for an aliens versus predator movie, uh, for decades. And it didn't happen for decades. And then it's funny because this movie takes place, I was just reading the, the trivia here, uh, seven years before Aliens vs. Predator happened. And uh, that movie was not that great. And apparently uh, Requiem, the one after it, was even worse. I haven't seen that one. I, I, I didn't mind AVP. Confirm that one is also not that good. I didn't mind AVP, the first one, with uh, with Lance Henriksen you know, in it. Oh, that, that one was okay. But I heard uh, Requiem was real, real bad. But uh, yeah, this was uh, this sent uh, all kinds of ripples throughout the uh, aliens and, and and predator fandom. I remember, and I think I, I've even mentioned on this podcast once or twice that I was a huge fan of the uh, Aliens versus Predator comics, the Dark Horse comics. I, I read those. I, I think like almost all of them at the time, 
And then I also read the the novelizations of them. Like I was a huge fucking fan of them. Um, and then yeah, when the movies came out, I was bummed because they didn't follow any of those storylines. Well, that's what I was gonna say because we didn't we didn't get that movie for a while, but we get we got tons of books and graphic yes. novels. Yeah, and those were great for the most part. And then the the AVP movie, the one that I watched, at least the first one. Like I said, I didn't watch Requiem. Uh, had nothing to do with the uh, you know with the 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 AVP stuff that I read, which you know bummed me out because I fucking loved that shit. That that, that stuff was great. It was it was really really cool. It was like a desert town. I I don't remember the story exactly. It was it was a desert desert town that gets invaded by uh, aliens. Yeah which were sent there by the predators to for a hunt. And then the predators come down and they get overwhelmed because the fucking town that they sent the alien eggs to was a, a like a cattle herding town. So there was a ends up being a lot more aliens than that they were uh, prepared for. So all the predators get killed except for one predator and one girl uh, from Earth. And they have to team up and, and, and fight all the aliens. And it was fucking really cool. It was fucking amazing and uh but yeah the movie is apparently not you know not so much i think that's why prey succeeded so much and it's not that prey like made one of these stories from the graphic novels or the books but they had all this lore that they finally decided to listen to right right and that was yeah that was cool that was dude prey have you guys seen prey i know marcus has but uh you know nick nick and paul have you guys watched it no, no I i'd like to see it yet. it's really good it's like really good. I, I i highly recommend it you know, you know I, from what I've heard too, like we we're just talking about, like the cultural representation in this one. Mm-hmm. In contrast, in Prey, they go to huge lengths yes. to actually have mm-hmm. like indigenous people involved. Yes, and like actually like indigenous language spoken on screen, right? Right. Yes. So I mean, like, by, it like does, true, it does sort of show, by true native speakers. No, of the that's language. what I mean. Yeah. Like, so it's like it, it wasn't like white people like doing. It's like actual like indigenous people there was actual acting Comanche consultant, people right? Exactly. Speaking Comanche language, exactly, which yeah. is like. I'm just just like culturally in terms of how movies are made now, I think that's a really interesting contrast to like what we saw from yeah. 1990. Oh, for sure. So it, it's kind of it, kind of it cool. is. It's, it's it's besides the fact that it's it's a really well done movie. Although I will say it's got some CG stuff in there that I I, I wasn't a big yeah. fan of. Yeah, culturally it is amazing. They they used all uh you know it, it, American Indian uh, actors. And uh, they made it as authentic as possible. The director really, really tried to go out of his way to, to, to make it as authentic as possible. And it's, uh, it's fucking great. It's really, really great. I'm still on the fence as to whether it's my second favorite Predator movie or if this one is. Uh, but uh, it, it's really, really good. I, I highly recommend it. So here again in the Predator having a final showdown. They get into a fight in the, the trophy room. And uh, Harrigan splits him right up the middle with his little death frisbee. That's right. Yeah. Death frisbee. And that's where we meet the, the other predators. Like they just sort of materialize. Such a cool scene. Iconic scene. Although I remember as a kid seeing that scene after freaking out about the, the skulls right before. Seeing all those predators made me really wish and hope that they would make one where it was like an army of predators versus what's well, world building right yeah it is it's, it was it, cool. it's it was great really cool. world building great world building super cool because they don't because you know danny glover's character is ready to get attacked you know and like who's next <laughs> and then like the the predators just go carry their fallen brethren to be you know disposed of or whatever or buried or whatever they do and uh it's like you know like they recognize you know, it's one of the, the the things that I really like about the Predator characters is like their honor system and stuff. It's like they recognize it's like, yeah, you, you fucking kill them. Yeah, here's your prize. And uh, yeah, good job, I guess. See you next time. Time to get out of my ship now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I found a really interesting quote, too, in terms of Danny Glover's, like, in retrospect, he was, like, really proud of this performance. I don't mm-hmm. know if you all found this, but he said... Uh, brief quote here i have two films i've done that i feel uh that i was bigger than life in in which i felt that i could control the space silverado for me and predator 2 predator 2 it was like who's the baddest cat in your space and the baddest cat says i'm gonna challenge you mano y mano i was the baddest guy in his space what happens i kill him 
Then the others come around and I'm like, all right, who's next? <laughs> I was about 42, 43 in the best shape in my life. Best shape I've been in. I was running on the beach, had my training. I was lifting weights a lot more than I am now. I was really feeling it in that movie. That's cool. That is cool. That's, that's awesome, cool. man. Because he's been in a lot of stuff. And so for him to be yeah, like, proud absolutely. of that performance, I think that says a lot. He, for it, sure. It does say a lot. Also speaks personally to me because uh, so he, he was about 42, which is how old about I am right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, man, that's great, man. That's the, that's the best he's ever been right there. Well, so that's, no, that's that's see, like in the precinct, he, he was changing shirts out of his sweaty garb. That's into right. A new shirt. Just fucking, dude, yeah, and he's he's Apple he Jack. Pretty good, man. Good. Dude, he, he looks great. He looks fucking great. I didn't know he was in his early forties. I mean, uh, Denny Glover always looks older to older. me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so so that's cool that he was forty two when he was still fucking ripped. And he was ready to fucking take the predator on. And then the uh, and then the ship flies off. Danny Glover gets himself out and gets bathed in cocaine. Yeah, he's like covered <laughs> in like white dust. Or the no, cast white for the dust. friendly ghost. <laughs> then gives a final fuck you to the last government guy, played by Adam Baldwin, the least famous Baldwin. Right, right. So give me your final thoughts on Predator Two. If you're, I mean, if you're like a diehard action horror fan and obviously you know a fan of the first one definitely see this one if you haven't shame on you if you haven't seen it yet except for paul because paul's the shit but um i've seen it now he's seen it now (laughs) so he's part he's part of it now but uh yeah i i highly recommend this movie it's it's non-stop action uh like we've been saying it feels like cocaine fueled movie the entire time and uh, it won't it won't disappoint at all. So definitely definitely give it a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I would I would just actually give you a, a quick quote to kind of echo that a bit uh, from the director Stephen Hopkins when he was like uh, sort of uh, reflecting on this film. He said it's so over the top. I just sort of went for it and made the biggest, boldest, loudest movie I could make. I was only 29 years old. I was like a rampant child running around Los Angeles, blowing the shit out of everything and making things as bloody as possible. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like he, he, I mean, it opens with like this incredibly violent, uh, just sort of gruesome gang shootout uh, with flaming cars flipping over and stuff. And uh, it kind of keeps that pace the whole movie. So if, if you're into, and it, it was honestly like gorier than I thought it was going to be. And so, yeah, if, if that's if that's kind of what you're looking for, um, it does like the movie does make sense for the most part. I mean, except for maybe this ship underground at the end, which we could, you know, debate about. But like, I mean, it's not like there aren't a whole bunch of like non sequiturs that don't make sense. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, as a flow. It's it's a it's an interesting hybrid of like a traditional 80s action movie with some interesting sci fi elements and then also some horror slash gore. So it's a. Uh, you know, it's a popcorn movie that has a few different genres kind of mashed together. Yeah, I agree. It's also, I think, like the grossest, most disgusting popcorn movie ever made. Uh, yeah. Predator, super sweaty. Super sweaty. <laughs> super gory. Um, my One of my regrets on life, I guess, will be that I'll never get to watch that uncut version of Predator 2. Because now that I've learned that that's a thing that existed at one point, I would love to see what that looked like because predator two is wild wild it is uh out of control uh it's balls to the wall action uh extremely violent uh more so than the first one which was very violent um with some really good performances uh over the top more so than the first one like bill paxton just fucking brings it and um Denny Glover, man, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's does a very, very good job of filling in for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who would have thought? I still think this might be my second favorite Predator movie at the end of the day, just because of how everything is practical and non-CGI, uh, you know, uh, in, in back in the 1990s. So, um, yeah, if you like Predator, if you like to somehow have not seen this movie, watched it watch this movie it's great it's um it's a lot of fun and it's um it might be more than you bargained for yeah i really enjoyed myself tonight i i hadn't seen it in a while and when i watched it the first time i remember being disappointed that arnold schwarzenegger wasn't in it 
but watching it now again tonight, I, you know, I didn't realize just how bonkers this movie is. And like Luke said, all the makeup and effects are on screen. It's great. Um, everything looks really good. It's a nonstop movie. I couldn't get enough of it. I really enjoyed it. And so now that we've watched a, uh, a movie about predators, without further ado, it's Predator Quiz Time. Hello, Marcus here. This quiz sucked, you guys. Like, a lot. So rather than subject you to that, I've decided to just cut a bit of the best parts together. So stick around to the end of the show to hear that. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Nick and Paul, thank you for joining us yeah, for this Parker's movie. Man. Always a blast coming on here. That was a fun movie, dude. That was, that was uh, a lot of fun to watch and talk about. That was, uh, man, I, yeah. I forgot how, how much fun that movie was. It's a good, it's a good one, man. I, I, I think we might have had it on VHS, and I watched it a ton. Like I back think in I the did day. too, dude. I, I'm pretty sure I had Predator yeah. Two on VHS. We almost, I'm sure we had that on VHS. I don't remember, but or we taped, or it was on TV and we taped it was on it. HBO and we taped it. We must have taped it or something, but dude, again, we we talked about this briefly during the movie, but man, how great would it would be to watch the like the unrated version of Predator cool. Two? Like, I would love to that see that. Been cool. Let me see. What did, what did you guys what did you guys film that we couldn't release? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think the biggest problem is that just the footage probably just doesn't exist anymore. Probably. Or it's right. in some vault somewhere. Yeah. It, yeah. It's either that. It's either totally lost or somebody's got it and they I, don't know they have it. I feel like at this point they they they've had like several uh anniversaries where Predator has come and gone and if they had it, they would have released it. So you, Marcus is probably right. I'm sure yeah. it's gone by now. So it wouldn't have been digitized originally, right? Is no, it no, would have been would have been physical media. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. been actual tape, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gone. I'm sure it's lost. Maybe. I don't it's know. It could be sitting in some soundstage in LA somewhere. Could right? be true too. It might. Just, it could be. Or it could have been, didn't they? Didn't um, didn't didn't some famous like film storage place have like a fire a year ago or so and like wasn't a lot of things lost i seem to remember that being a thing so maybe that's where your predator 2 footage was yeah there's that and there's just just you know regular just just aging like that stuff has like a a finite uh you know expiration date on it so you know we talked about like you know like event horizon like i don't know you know, uh, Nick or Paul, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of or seen of that movie. Yeah. I've seen that it, movie, yeah. but, uh, that it's, it's a, it's a real gory sci-fi horror movie that, um, uh, was a whole lot more gory and violent, uh, in its original form. And then it, if you, even if you look up, you know, on the internet, like, uh, you know, lost footage for even horizon, uh, it's been rumored to have, ended up in like an Italian, uh, like a mine, uh, people's mm. basements, like people have been tracking like this lost footage for years and now it's been decades and no one's ever found it. And, you know, we've, we've come to the conclusion now that it's just not there. It doesn't exist anymore. And if mm-hmm. it ever did, it's probably, you know, beyond usable. So, uh, that's probably what happened with the predator two shit. So it's, it's a, I have, I have a suspicion. I have a suspicion about the event horizon one though. I think Paul Anderson, who, who, who did the movie, the director, I think he has it. I think he has why it, but he, he just doesn't release it. Why wouldn't he release it? Like you could make I don't up. Know, he's a weirdo. <laughs> I feel like it's out there and he has it and he just doesn't do anything with it. Like I would buy that in a fucking instant. Like I would absolutely like, do it again. Paul, Nick, I don't know if you guys have ever seen event horizon, but that movie is fucked up. It's really fucked up. Think so. If you ever watch that movie, think about like how much worse it could be, and like that's what I want to see because I'm weird. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, I know I've seen it. It's been a while though. It's wild. It's fucking wild, my friend. Well, thanks again, you guys, and we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, both of you guys uh, come on anytime. It's always a good time. Uh, this was like really cool and special to be able to like watch actually watch a movie with you um this, yeah. is, this was a, yeah. a lot of fun it's special for me I, you know we don't get to do this often so this was uh this was great i i really really enjoyed it come on back anytime uh, let's do it again you got it buddy mm-hmm.
The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Well, coming up next is a movie that we mentioned very, very briefly during our discussion of tonight's movie, uh, and that's Without Warning. Uh, it's a early 80s horror sci-fi movie that's uh, kind of a precursor to the original Predator. Uh, we're very excited to talk about it. We're always excited to talk about cheesy uh, sci-fi movies that no one's heard of, and that's what we're going to be doing next time. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. It's it's a true predator quiz, you guys. You get what okay. I'm doing here. Let's let's do it. That's bullshit. Well, you can say them both. And I think see it's either feeling. like the brown snake in Australia or like a boom boom slang. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. You're one or the other. Come on. <laughs> I think the brown snake. Well, neither one is correct. Okay. All right, Luke, you you try. No, I'm not gonna remember this. There's no fucking way. I don't know. It is the yaucha. Yep. Okay. Yaucha, it is. Nice. I have no idea. Any other guesses? I don't know. What I'm looking for is producers, consumers, and decomposers. Uh, uh, that's not exactly how those things are used. <laughs> well, then the, the question is not valid. Coming from the biology yeah. teacher, yeah. Um, that question Invalid. is off the record. Invalid. Everybody gets eight points. <laughs> Everybody gets eight points. Eight points anyway. It's a tie. Thanks for coming on, you guys. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Great quiz, Marcus. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I ever wrote. <laughs>